recovery for recovery. She's been carrying the message of recovery throughout Tulare County for the past four years and describes herself as a product of the big book. And now, with all the earnestness at your command, will you welcome, please, Vitalia's own Christy Ann. Hi, my name is Christy Ann, and I'm a real alcoholic. And I am nervous. <laughs> it's been a while since I've been to a meeting of this size and spoke. Um, I don't talk a lot about my drunk alcohol. I'll do a quick qualifying. Um, I drank a lot. I did a lot of things I wish I hadn't, and I came to Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, along the way, I, uh, yeah, I'm just going to, I'm going to tell you guys something. Today, uh, sorry. This is how God works in my life. This morning, uh, I got a phone call getting ready for work, and, uh, my favorite uncle had passed. And I was like, why did he? Because I was so excited when Bill called and asked me to come and speak, and I've been spending this for months, and uh, now I know exactly why that happened today, because I'm supposed to be here. You know? So, my head's in 900 different places. I'll pa- I'm like an ADD poster child. I'll bounce around. I hope you can follow. But uh, I'm going to go back to where it's at when I introduce myself as a real alcoholic. I didn't know that that was the case. And uh, I went to doctors and all kinds of different people trying to figure out what was wrong with me. I wanted them to tell me that I was bipolar or schizophrenic or uh, anything and everything that um, would have to make me stop drinking. So when I came to Alcoholics Anonymous on April 21st of 2007, I, uh, I got pulled aside. I was shaking so bad. I went to this meeting and uh, I got a cup of coffee and I sat in the very back so that way I could bolt to the door, you know, because I didn't know if this was really, uh, like a, I don't know if it was a cult or a clam or what was going to happen, if they were going to make me like chickens or, you know, and so I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? So I'm sitting there and I'm holding this cup of coffee and I'm shaking like this. And this is no exaggeration. Kenny can tell you, Jose can tell you, Bill can tell you. I was like this. And uh I was throwing coffee all over myself and all over the floor, and I was really embarrassed, and I wanted to leave. And this lady, by the name of Miss Barbara, came over, and she grabbed my hand, she took the coffee cup, and she started to mop me up, and she said, honey, don't leave, just listen. And then I felt obligated to stay. You know, I mean, she just mopped me up, and I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know what else to do. And so uh, I stayed, and uh, it was definitely a God thought, and if you guys don't believe in those, you can borrow some of my faith if you don't have any of your own, because they happen, and they happen to me all of the time for today. So, uh, I sat through that meeting, and every person that got up to the podium, it was at the Alana Club, and every person that got up to that podium said different parts of my story. Like, you know how they say, you know, look for the similarities and all the differences? I couldn't see a bit of difference at all. Not one thing was different than what I was. And I still wanted to leave. And at the end of that meeting, I was going to go next door to the liquor store and just get a call can because I was shaking so bad. And I just knew that if I just had that one can of beer, it would at least minimize the shaking. It wouldn't take it all away, but it would minimize it. So uh, I started to 
started to leave and, you know, that lady in the car bed. She says, where are you going? I said, well, I'm going to go next door and get a pack of smoke. And she says, well, I'll go with you. And I'm like, no, really, it's, I'm okay. You know, the tears are sucking down my face. Joe Luther speaking made, he had made a comment that day that I just, I've never been able to forget, and I'm not going to share it with you, but because it's my special little moment. But uh, I couldn't get it out of my head, and I'm like, that SOB, I'm going to drink it in today. So I'm like, tell me, lady, just let me go. You know, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. And she said, well, let's go. So we walk over there. By now, I've dried up and quit crying. And we walk over, and I start walking towards the back to the beer cooler, right? And she goes, honey, they smell the cigarettes right up here. And I just started falling. Like, I have never cried like that in my entire life, and I could not stop. And then there was Kenny and Tina. And Miss Barbara went over to Tina and told you know, I think this little girl might need you. And uh, Tina was funny, and she had crazy hair, tons of bracelets, and she was wild, and there was no way in hell that she was really sober, in my opinion. You know, like, she was way too cool. So, uh, she, <laughs> so she, uh, kind of takes me in her wing, takes me back to the next door to the Alana Club, and she buys me a book. And I'm like, what am I, I don't read, you know. I, I don't have any desire to read this book. And she goes, this book, you know, coming through it. And what are you doing right? And I'm like, I don't know. She goes, why don't you come back for a meet? I'm like, yeah, I already came to one today. Like, how many of these things do I have to go to? She goes, until you don't have to go to them anymore. And I thought, well, I don't have to go to them tonight. You know, so what do you do that? So, she told me that the meeting started at, um, 8 o'clock. I thought she said 5 o'clock. So I showed up at the Alana Club at 5 o'clock with sales on, right? And nobody was there except for Louie behind the counter. And I was like, well, I'm here for the meeting. And he goes, well, it doesn't start until 8. And I was like, okay, well, I'll see you later. And he goes, can I get you a cup of coffee? Or can I, uh, like, a soda? Or I'm like, no. And he goes, you know, and then he started sharing some of his story with me about what had happened to him and how he was introduced to alcohol to mom. And some of his story I could identify even in that moment, you know. So I was like, so I started cleaning, because <laughs> I could not sit still to save my life. So I'm scrubbing the Alana Club, okay? I'm top to bottom. I'm either cleaning the bathroom things with the broom. He would have swore that I was a tweaker, you know, like. And that's what Scrap called me for a long time. He told me, like, I was a chihuahua on sink or something, because I could not sit still. And I still have a hard time with it today, but I've been able to slow down, you know, and I, that's a blessing in itself. Because I've always wanted to go full speed ahead, any direction other than where I was going to be. And if you can relate to that, and you don't think that you have a problem with drinking, or it hasn't become a problem yet, come see me after the meeting. Because I didn't think so either. And if someone here wants a book that doesn't have one, see me after the meeting. I'll make sure that you get a book. Because that's what someone did for me. You know, I am a, I definitely am a product of the big book. I, this is the only book I've ever read cover to cover by myself, you know, and wanted to. Like, that's the thing, because I wanted to. And I guess 
I have all kinds of big books. This one stays in my purse. Still has to be that to me a long time ago, not stays in my purse. Because I don't really love this one around. You know, this one is, this one's for me. This one's for me to carry the message. I hope you understand the difference for me. And uh, when I was talking about being a real alcoholic and being a product of the big book, when I remember I was saying I wanted to be bipolar or schizophrenic or anything other than an alcoholic, it didn't work out like that. And uh, it says on page 21, and when Tina gave me that suggestion to, you know, thumb through the book to see if I could identify with anything, this was 100% a God thought. Because I opened the book, and I turned to page 20. And I started reading about the moderate drinker and then the heavy drinker. And then I rolled over to page 21, and it talks about the real alcoholic. And it says, but what about the real alcoholic? He may start off as a moderate drinker. He may or may not become a heavy, or excuse me, a continuous hard drinker. But at some stage of his drinking career, he begins to lose all control of his liquor consumption once he starts to drink. That's me. Without a doubt. I cannot have one of anything. I have four shampoos in my shower. And they're all open. I have several big books. I have multiple, multiple shit. I can't not have one of anything, much less a drink. And to me, it's like, what's the point of having one drink? Normal people or normal drinkers can feed the hell out of me. I don't understand what they're doing. Why do it? I'm a full sheet of head girl, all or nothing, right? So, what led me to Alcoholics Anonymous, because I was an alcoholic long before I took my first drink. And if that doesn't make sense to you, you'll find it if you read the book. And I'm going to refer to the book a lot, so I hope that doesn't offend anyone. And if it does, you can see me after the movie, too. So, I don't hit people anymore. That's a good thing, too. Like, so when I say see me after the meeting, you're safe. Because before that, when I was drinking, it wasn't that way. I didn't know how to keep my hands to myself. I didn't want to. I wanted you to hurt on the outside as much as I was hurting on the inside. And by then, I was going to give you everything I got. I had no idea that I was 60 inches and a fuck in. You know? Because when I, I'm a whiskey girl. You know, 100% whiskey girl. And then as time progressed and money got more tight, I became a keystone white girl. And uh, then I drank whatever you had to offer, you know, and would tell you that I had some of my own. You know, I was, and I'm an all-around kind of girl. Whatever you got on the table, I'm going to do it. So, going back to what led me here, I, uh, I know families drink, most of them drink normally, but then there's a few of us that don't. And uh, my father, I was introduced to Alcoholics Anonymous at the age of six when my father got sober in 1983. And I went with him to meetings and people, it was us. So long as I wasn't there, then it was somewhere else, Santa Fe or on me or somewhere. I don't remember how to get And um, it was full of smoke. Like, everyone smoked in there. And there, I was the only kid. You know, I'm not thinking, what the hell? Or like, you know. But that was the only time I ever had with my dad. So I didn't care about going to meet. It was that time that I had with my dad. Because before he got sober, I didn't have a dad. So he gets sober, takes me to the team. And uh, a man that he helped get sober, Albert G., 
is still in my life today, and he's still with us today. My father no longer does alcohol at the moment. He appreciates it, but he does church, and that works for him. I have to do both. Remember, I can't have one of anything, so I go both sides, right? So, um, I was taken away from my biological mother at the age of nine and bounced around from home to home because of abuse. And, um, and my aunt, who I call mom today, fought for custody of me from the time that I was the age of nine so when she was finally awarded it at the age of 16. And uh, that woman never gave up on me, no matter what I did. And I put her through heck and back, you know. So I bounced around. I don't ever feel like I stay anywhere because I felt like, you know, what good am I? My, my folks don't even want me. My pop has moved on and done his new thing, and me and my sister were not important, even though he was sober. You know, and uh, my biological mother, she would rather take in homeless people off the street than ever admit that I was her daughter. And so I just felt like, for a lot of times, I was a famous you know, like, why not just do whatever? No one gives a crap anyway, so I started doing whatever. And before drinking, I was a little bit of a pothead, and, uh, you know, and I started doing that in junior high. You know, and that's where I met my uh, first husband. Well, he's the only husband I've had so far, but I'm engaged to be married in September, so see once again, more than one, you know. So, I met him there, and his sister was my best friend, and um, we ran around, and their mom allowed them to do all kinds of stuff that my mom would never allow, right? I want to say like that all the time. So, my mom had a rule that every Saturday morning, if we stay the night somewhere Friday night, every Saturday morning we had to be home to do our tour. So, one night, it was a Friday night, and I stayed the night over at my friend's house, and um, I got up to get a drink of water at like, I don't know, it was like 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, I don't know, and she was scrubbing the kitchen floor. And I was like, wow, that mom's cool. Like, she doesn't make her kids do nothing if she stays up all night to do it. So, I go home, I only had three rules growing up. Don't hiding, don't fasting, don't embarrassing. And I drove all of them. Right? So, my mom picks me up, I get in the car, and I was like, you know, this really sucks, mom. Like, you know, bratty ass teenager. What sucks? What sucks? You know? So and so's mom, she stays up all night cleaning. She doesn't make them do nothing, and her house is always clean. And she says, guess what? You're not staying in that there anymore. So I got a little frustrated that and I started sneaking out. Well, when I started sneaking out, I started dabbling in other stuff. I didn't really start drinking until after high school when I joined the Marine Corps. And uh, I joined the Marine Corps simply because people said I couldn't. You know? I weighed 89 pounds when I enlisted. And I had to get a weight lever, and I barely made the height. So, I got the Marine Corps, and uh, other stuff is not socially acceptable there, like other things I like to do, but drinking what? So it escalated. And I drink and I drink and I drink and I drink until I came home from the Marine Corps. One month to the day after I came home from the Marine Corps, I got my first DUI. Point three two. Woo! Right? Anybody try like that? Alright. Those are my people. So anyway, 
performance again through the court, and I forged my card. I wasn't going to the last meeting, you know. So, I, I didn't get anything from it. It could have happened then, but apparently I wasn't ready for it. So, as time went on, I got married to that man that is in my junior high and high school sweetheart off and on, and I, we moved to Arizona. And I completely quit drinking because I wanted him to stop doing other stuff. And that was our agreement. And that lasted for a while. And we got very involved in church. And, uh, you know, by then we're, we had one and a half children. And we had our niece and nephew. And we had brother-in-law and sister-in-law. And we had my father-in-law living there who was a schizophrenic. So I was taking care of him, the baby, and everybody else. And, uh, and I was completely okay with that. But then I started getting irritable and restless and discontent like the book talks about. So then I started having a couple beers every now and then. And then it started, you know, the 12-pack on the weekend. And then it would stop. And then it would go again. And then it would stop. So uh, some things came about, and I kept multiplying children, so I wanted to come home to my mom. So we moved home, and a week after we moved home, my husband started using methamphetamine, and I started drinking at him. That went on for about a year, and on uh, June 4th of 2006, I left. Because that was the last time that he had physically hurt me, and this time he pushed my daughter. And that was enough. It was one thing for him to beat the hell out of me, but... And that was my sick thinking. It's okay for you to damage me, but don't hurt the people I love, right? Because I had no self-worth. I had no self-respect. All I was was his wife and the kid's mom. I was my only identity. So I became a drunk. I had my own identity, right? So, uh, he's tweaking, I'm drinking, and I'm leaving, and my children and I slept on my mom's living room floor for three months. Because when I left, I left with happened. I've been stay-at-home wife and mom for years. Um, I had no formal education. And uh, all I'd ever done was park in the wait tables. And you know, I worked for Home Depot. I came to Japan for the same. I did all kinds of odd stuff. But I never followed through on anything. Except for my drinking. And uh, so I continued to drink. And uh, I got a new house, and I got a new job, and I got a new little uh, dinner boyfriend, and I got all of these things that I did not want to have to stop doing. You know, and the divorce was final uh, within six months, and um, he was remarried on the day our divorce was final. And I drank at him for that. Oh, boy, I go on a good bender for that one, you know? And uh, then I realized after, uh, on April 20th, we were at a wedding, and because uh, our divorce was final April 19th, April 20th, I went to a wedding, and I it was so okay that those people were getting married and that they were happy and I had to be at that wedding, you know? Because don't you know it's all about me? Today's my day to mourn. Today's me, 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 me. And, um, I got extremely intoxicated that night. And at about 8 o'clock, my sister came to me home. She was taking the kids home. 
And I thought they left. Apparently, now that I'm a blackout drinker, apparently, at that point, I told her, wait for me, I'm almost done. I'll go with you. At 12.30, my little boy comes and pulls on my leg and says, Mama, can we go home now? He's three. And I look at him, what are you doing here? And I was like, oh, I gotta go, you know. And then, we're driving home, and my sister's driving, and um, everything was good. I'm not in a good mood. Everything was fine. And then, a song came on the radio that reminded me of that ex-husband of mine. And I started beating the hell out of my sister as she's driving. With my children in the car. That's the kind of alcoholic I am. I'm not proud of that, but it is what I am. I am who I am in all aspects, and I am sober in all aspects of the word today. If you don't know what that is, there's a book, and it will tell you about it. If you can't read, come to me. I will sit down and I will read this book with you. That's how important it is to me. That's how important you are to me. Those two ladies that came up, Newcomers, God bless you. You're here because I need you. It's not the other way around. So thank you. Lord, I'm so glad you're here. The rest of you that don't know your name, all of you touch a place in my heart that words can never describe. The reason I'm standing before you right now is because a gift was given to me. An undeserved gift. And it is my job in order to keep it to give it back. I have a sponsor who has a sponsor. I have friends that continue to work the program as designed in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. I'm one of those people, if it's not in the book, shut your mouth. I don't want to hear it. Show me in the book. Because before that, all I was listening to everybody. I was taking it all in, and, and Dale Looper told me early on, they're going to break your heart, Christy. They're going to hurt your feelings. They're going to. Throw you out to the wolves. And I'm like, no, everything's so sweet and nice. And they all want the same thing. And he started laughing at me. That was one of my very best friends in Alcoholics Anonymous. And he's never, ever hit on me. And a lot of people don't believe that. You know? That's how much he's hit. Alcoholics Anonymous has worked for him. And his dad. And his mom. And his brother. And me. And everyone sitting in front of me, and everyone in this room has the possibility and the potential to have a program of Alcoholics Anonymous working in their life. So on April 20th, April 20th, when I blacked out and beat the hell out of my sister, she's driving, she continued to drive us home and pour me into my house. And, uh, and she was detailed and dislocated eye socket, fractured nose, uh, there was blood coming from her eyes. And uh, he put my children in my bed instead of this. And this is why I continue to come to Alcohol Because for the first time in all the years since I had left my husband and all of the stuff that had happened, I cursed God. I told him flat out, disconnection. And uh, I got on my knees and I prayed to this God that I was so angry at. Because I come to you again and I saw my sister's face and it was awful. And I did that on a regular basis. 
said, I prayed to this God that I didn't understand anymore. And uh, I said, I can keep doing this. But I don't want to. So if you really give a shit about me, you need to show yourself to me right now. And my little girl, who could speak through a tornado in the middle of the living room, woke up out of a dead sleep, came to the foot of that bed, put her arms around me, and said, Mama, please just don't think you're this. She didn't say forever. She didn't say, stop, just a few thousand years to stay. I have a buddy Hector who's been in the program for almost six years now, or six, six years now, and uh, he was someone I grew up with, and um, he tried to get me to come to AA long before I did, and I was like, nope, nope. Working for you? Fantastic. Leave me alone. You know? So I called him at 6.30 that morning, so I couldn't sleep. And uh, he came to my house, and he drove me to that meeting. And... Uh, God has been working in my life every day since. I don't have a God of my understanding. I don't. I have a God that understands me all the time. Because when I start trying to figure out things and start planning things, I screw it up. Still, I had about 18 months sober, and I drank. I took a day off. That's what I call it. It was my day off. And the best thing that could have happened to me in my recovery, because it is one thing and one thing only, it made me realize I wanted to be here and I didn't have to be here. The promises have come true tenfold in my life. I have a man in my life that truly respects me and loves me and wants to marry me, who's taken on two children that don't belong to him and is raising them as his own. I have a relationship with my mom that I would not trade for the world. I have a sponsor that I love and adore more than words could ever say, and this time it's a girl. My first go around, I had a man for a sponsor who gave me a wealth of knowledge about this book. But I got to a point where I understood why women should be with the women. We got issues. We got stuff that we need to talk to. Watch it, fellas. Uh, not all my character defects have worked out yet, right? So, don't even throw his people again. No, I'm just kidding. I won't hate you. You know, and I... And I do my best to not verbally assault you anymore either. And I have two beautiful children that run to me and not from me. So if you don't think that my sobriety is a big deal, cool, you don't have to. But I do. And that's what happens. I have people in my life today that choose me. I'm no longer abandoned. I'm no longer discarded. And you know what? I know I'm doing a good job because my little girl, she's a direct reflection of my parenting. And she's amazing. And I always tell her, you could be anything you want to be in the world, baby, just as long as you're being yourself. Do what makes yourself happy. So the other day, she goes to the store with my mom. And she comes home with this sticker. She says, Mama, all the stuff that you tell me is real. And I'm like, what? And she goes, you know how you always tell me I can be anything in the world as long as I be myself? It's on a ticker. And it says, in a world where you can be anything, be yourself. That girl continues to be my little angel. She continues to be my estimate. If you don't know what that is, that's in the big book too. You know, I'm not perfect, great, and wonderful. I do not work a perfect program. I do not attend a lot of meetings anymore. 
because you know what? They, they gave me a life. I have a dog that I love. I have people in my life that I love. My children are both in sport. I have medical conditions. I've gone through cancer twice since I've been sober. And not one time did I say, you know, maybe I'll have a cocktail. And that isn't supposed to happen to a girl like me. Because I never finish anything. I'm supposed to throw in the towel, right? Today I'm not going to. You know, swearing off forever with and without a call of most. Right here. I still do it. On other stuff. You know. Not me. Thank God. I don't really know where I'm going with all this. Other than, if you don't think this works, I've been in your chair. If you think people are full of shit, I sit in that chair a lot. If you think for any reason you don't deserve to be sober, happy, joyous, and free, come here and let me love you. Because you do. You absolutely do. I don't like everyone in AA. And I'll say that out loud because they got me drunk. But I was getting resentful at people because I thought I had to like them. And I had to put up with their stuff. Then when someone told me, you don't have to like everyone. I don't like everyone, but I respect that everyone has the same right to be here as I do. And that keeps me sober. It keeps me sober by coming here and telling you the truth. It keeps me sober by being accountable to people that keep me accountable. There are so many people that have come in my life through Alcoholics Anonymous and have forever changed who Christianity is. I'm no longer that girl. But I could be that quick, and I know that. You know how I know that? Because it says so in the book. You know, if you don't get anything out of what I've said tonight, the book is where it's at. The book is the solution. Your application of what the book suggests is what's going to keep you sober. And I know that from my own personal experience. And I don't claim to know a whole lot, and I never think before I speak, you know. And, uh, hey, watch it, Mr. Hooper. But, I do know one thing is for certain. I would not trade the life that I have been so undeserving, undeservingly given for anything in this world. And I, the man that I'm going to marry, he drinks. My mom, she drinks. My brothers, everyone, and I have been around Booth from the very first day I got sober. And it doesn't bug me. That is why I'm a product of the big book. That is why I'm a product of Alcoholics Anonymous. That is why I can stand here and be proud of the woman that I am today. I look in the mirror and I like what I see. I still strive for betterment every day. I want to be perfect. That would be so boring. You know? And if I was perfect... I would not want to be here. And I want to be here. That is what changed everything about how I viewed Alcoholics Anonymous. When I realized I wanted to be here and I didn't have to be here. Today we talked about we absolutely insist on enjoying life. I absolutely insist on enjoying my life. I absolutely insist on being around people that enjoy it. I don't hang out with Debbie Jonas. Why? Because attitudes are contagious. 
now I'm going to start doing self-tapping, self-centered, and all the stuff that kept me drunk for as many years as it is. If there's ever a point in my life where I no longer want these people, that's what you want, these people, sick, freaking people, that's what you were for a long time. And then I'm one of those sick, freaking people, you know? And, uh, you have no idea. <laughs> but, uh, if I ever get to that point, please call me on. That's a huge difference in my life today and who I am. I will allow you to constructively criticize me. They call me a bitch and we're still going to have some issues because all my dirty defects are still in the working progress, okay? However, the people that love me in Alcoholics Anonymous showed up at my door the day that I drank. And Ursula drove me to every meeting for the next few days of their work. I mean, we were going to different meetings in different towns at different times just to make sure I was getting to a meeting. And I love her for that. And she's not with us anymore. I have to remember those types of things or I will be her again. And my children will run from me and not be. My mom will not be proud of who I am. That man that wants to marry me will see the side of me that I pray to God he never sees. I don't know if any of this makes sense tonight. Like I said, my mind's going 900 and nothing. My heart hurts. My family is, you know, they still don't really understand why I do meetings. You know, you still need those meetings. Look at what happened today. You're not going to be here with the family? No, I made a commitment. And I'm going to be with another family tonight. A family that I really need because my heart is hurting. You know, grass taught me without the Being sober is just simple. Do what you say you're going to do and be where you say you're going to be. Trust God, clean house, help others. It's that simple. And I'm going to close with this. Danny G, I was about two weeks sober and I was sitting in the fire seat that my sponsor had given me at the Alano Club because I was the only place I really knew about meetings at the time. And I'm sitting there and I, this guy comes up and he's a little bird, well, not real big, but that's Early guy coming in and a <clears throat> biker, fizzle, uh, goatee, this leather, and he talks really loud, right? So I guess I'm very like, wah, 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 wah. And I'm like, whoa. And I'm going to be He said, the best thing I've ever heard anyone say in a meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous. If I were to walk into a meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous and see myself sitting in the chair, would I want what I have? something I never thought I could agree with. Today, if I were to walk into a meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous and see me sitting in the chair, I would want everything I have. It works, guys. And I, like I said, I don't work at Perfect and Wonderful. I don't attend a lot of meetings anymore. I'm enjoying my life. I stay close to people that I need to stay close to. I don't put up with other people's nonsense anymore, but I don't disrespect them. And my life is good, and I'm very blessed. And it is a privilege to be able to speak in the meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous, and I truly appreciate everyone being here. Thank you.